welcome to Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast with Elizabeth Crawford, where I dish with trendsetters, tastemakers, and industry experts about emerging trends, regulatory pressures, and marketing strategies. To offset the threat of commoditization and keep consumers from trading down or stepping away from the dairy case to save money as the economy tightens, specialty cheesemakers are moving beyond traditional formats, flavors, and packaging that might be intimidating or come off as overly stuffy or only for special occasions. Instead, they're embracing packaging and formats that are more playful, educational, and approachable, and innovating products that are more convenient or allow consumers to enjoy cheese in new and sometimes unexpected ways across the day part. At the Summer Fancy Food Show in New York City earlier this month, category newcomers showcased the next generation of specialty cheese, including a crunchy Icelandic skier made with a novel popping technology from Nair and a grillable, roastable, and boldly flavored baked cheese from the Wisconsin startup The Big Moo Cheese, which wants to give imported halloumi a run for its money. Longtime cheesemongers are also showing off innovations that they believe will keep consumers coming back even as the economy constricts, including new products from the Vermont Creamery that balance decadence and convenience for a restaurant-quality eating experience at home but without the hassle, and offerings from UK-based Summerdale that inject the category with playful whimsy that makes it more approachable to the broader consumer base. In this episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast, these companies share what sets their products apart, how they're expanding the reach of the specialty cheese case, and the steps that they're taking to recession-proof their businesses and the category at large. They also share where they see the most opportunity for specialty cheese and how consumer preferences are shifting. So as the threat of a recession rises, so too does the bar for what consumers consider essential or worth their money, according to Summerdale director Alan Jenkins, who explains that among the first products to be left on store shelves during economically challenging periods are those which consumers are unfamiliar with, don't know how to use, or are unsure if they'll even like. Unfortunately, he notes, traditionally marketed specialty cheese with its minimalist labels and often monochromatic packaging often falls into these three camps, which is why he says Summerdale is working hard to make its products more approachable through educational packaging, as in the case of its Enjoy Me With range of cheese. We try and uh, take specialty cheese and make it more approachable to the consumer because it is a daunting area. You can often see it with wine as well, where you know people look at people end up buying a wine based on a label because they don't know what they're looking for. So if you make it approachable, then hopefully it comes to uh, it's it's drives people to buy more. So so we people we have the enjoy me with range. So this is to give people uh, understanding what to do with the cheese they're buying. So you have the enjoy me with red wine, enjoy me with white wine, and enjoy me with beer. Again, you're breaking down those barriers. People know they're just spending, you know, a, a, a big amount of money. So, you know, a piece of cheese, six ninety nine, seven ninety nine. They can understand what to do with it, and it doesn't scare them as much. Summerdale also hopes to drive sales with playful innovations like its bloody good cheddar, which is a deep red and wrapped in a black wax with a coffin-shaped label featuring a vampire that debuted at the fancy food show. It also recently expanded its trio of Irish Claddenbow cheese, including one wrapped in wax to look like the Irish flag 
when it's sliced, making it perfect for St. Patrick's Day. So all of our cheddars here are made about 15 miles away from the village of Cheddar itself. So fairly authentic. Um, so we, we try and infuse the cheeses, uh, the cheddar, with different flavours, so to suit certain uh, what people are looking for. So if you have a cheese board, having a cheddar truffle is kind of the ultimate kind of indulgence food for, uh, for Thanksgiving, Christmas or New Year. Same with the champagne. The bloody good cheddar is, um, you know, celebrates uh, Halloween. You know, let's do something different. Let's be, again, be approachable, fun. Let's kind of break down those kind of snob factor barriers and just let the consumer decide what they want to want to eat. Um, Cladabo, so Cladabo is a, is a Gaelic um, uh, saying, so Cladabo is the, the ring of love, and then Bo is Gaelic for cow. And so there's connection with the earth. So we have a, a, um, an Irish cheddar which is infused with water, and then an Irish cheddar which is infused with um, whiskey. You see here the, um, uh, the, the Cladabo original, which is, um, has the three colours of wax. So when you cut it, you have the Irish flag in the wax. So again, it's fun, people understand this. It's just more approachable. So we're trying to be uh, much more um, uh, consumer-focused. On the other side of the pond, one of the first U.S. artisanal cheesemakers, the Vermont Creamery, is also listening closely to consumers' evolving needs, including an increased desire to celebrate life's little moments. Vermont Creamery Director of Marketing Kate Payne explains that consumers want decadent and boldly flavored treats to mark micro-celebrations but they also want snack-sized options that are approachable and convenient to enjoy every day. In response, she said the Vermont Creamery is launching a trio of new flavors of goat cheese, which Payne believes is about to take off in the U.S. At this point in time, where people are eating these approachable things, people are snacking more and more, like snacking has done nothing but gone up um, in the last couple of years. And people are seeking out sweet snacks and savory snacks, and so we're like, let's go towards sweet and savory. People want something that's special. Um, all of us are, like, we're seeing micro-celebrations pop up. Everybody's just, like, so thirsty for something interesting and special and to make us feel good. So you're seeing, like, people are now celebrating their dog's birthdays and, like, the first day of Monday, you know, like, whatever, like, anything to celebrate. And so... We went into that space and we were like, well, what is a special moment? We felt like strawberries and champagne is special. Like, that is a feed your soul kind of moment. I often joked, I was like, we are we are launching something that competes with a bouquet of flowers and a beam of sunlight, you know? <laughs> um, and so we designed something that was sort of like a deconstructed strawberries and champagne moment. So it has um, a lightly sweetened face with a little bit of honey and a little bit of like essence of, of wine. It doesn't have actual alcohol in there. Um, and then chunks of strawberry in it. So it's amazing. When you're ready to taste, let me know. <laughs> um, so that's the first one that we just launched in May. And then coming in a couple of months is our honey truffle. Um, and this was really looking at the savory sweet space that is so interesting to kind of like bang together sweet and savory and like kind of like a, you know, a salty chocolate kind of situation. So the, it has a honey base, which really tones down the truffle, but it's a really high-quality black Italian summer truffle. So the flavor is, like, super intense of the truffle, and when you put them together, it's just, like, a really nice sort of balanced push and pull. It never overwhelms your palate. So that's where we went in that space. 
Um, and we have another flavor coming next. We're just going to keep kind of going on that. Like, what takes special and make it into a boat cheese? Um, the other thing I'll add just from, like, a trend standpoint, as we look at goat cheese, in the rest of the world, people eat more goat cheese than they do in the United States. And so we really feel like this is a cheese that deserves to take off. Like, if people knew about goat cheese more than they do, like, it would take off. Um, so we're trying to, um, we're trying to just broaden the way that people think about goat cheese. So a lot of people will be like, oh, yeah, I always have it on, like, a beet salad with a, you know, a little arugula or, like, put it on a, like, a pizza um, or on a cheese board. And we're trying to say, like, no, it's a snack that you would, like, stack up with a couple cute little crackers and shortbread and, um, and just, like, think about goat cheese in all these other spaces that you didn't think about goat cheese before. So we fervently as a team feel like goat cheese is about to be discovered by the rest of the world. <laughs> and we're going to be there with our strawberry spritz and, um, and honey truffle. So. The Vermont Creamery is taking the same ethos of approachable decadence with its launch of high-fat sour cream and flavors that nod to consumers' need for convenience, but without compromising on delicious. And as Payne points out, the products are unlike any other in the market currently, helping to set them apart, build brand recognition, and protect against the threat of commoditization. If you look at sour cream... If we look at our own team and we're not eating what's out there because it's kind of boring, we're like, that's where we want to go. So we look at sour cream. We Everything that's out there, for the most part, there are outliers, is about 18% milk fat. So we made a 22% milk fat. Um, and so it's rich. It's indulgent. Um, it's kind of, it's got like this velvety mouth feel to it, which is amazing. And then we looked at how people use sour cream. They use it with potatoes. And they use it on sort of like Latin-inspired food, like a Taco Tuesday situation. So for the potatoes, we did a fire-roasted onion and chive. And then for the Taco Tuesday, we did cilantro lime. And those are doing really well. It's a small launch. It's just in the Northeast. We're sort of just like seeing how it does first. Um, but it's going great, and we're excited about that one. And that was more just like the add flavor to a little bite. You know, you're just making a little something at home, like add some sour cream to it um, to add that flavor. We as a brand have typically not played in the convenience space. Like as we look at innovation, we go for delicious and sometimes you sacrifice convenience. Like we almost like never look in that direction of convenience because that's like you're putting it in sea stores, you're making like individually packed items. Um, so we see all those opportunities for like a little cheese ball or a medallion or, you know, and we've made some of those in the past. Um, I think the way that we would play in convenience, because we're still about like the special experience, it's more just like that you can eat three things and it's delicious. So by putting the cilantro and the lime in here, you can dollop it on, you know, a little piece of like, whatever it would be, a piece of chicken, you know, and it's delicious like that. So it's sort of like you said, taking the prep out. It's still three ingredients, but in reality, it's cilantro, it's lime, a little flaky sea salt, and it's everything just in one product. Like Summerdale, the Vermont Creamery is also trying to make specialty cheese and dairy products more accessible by leveraging social media, and in particular, TikTok, which Payne says is helping to show consumers how fancy and fun can also be easy. A couple things we saw over the past couple of years that drove our innovation. The first one, at the beginning of the pandemic, you probably remember, everybody like retreated to their kitchens for solace, and they learned to cook really fancy things. 
And so our creme fraiche immediately, people were like, oh my god, I never knew this existed. But they like tried a recipe that called for it, so they sought it out. And then obviously as everybody started to make sourdough bread, our butter is truly like slathering butter. Um, it's just, it's taste forward, like you're not necessarily going to use it in something where you would hide the flavor of it. So our butter took off as well, and we saw at the beginning everybody was making all of these like fussy, very fancy kind of recipes. Fast forward, and people are going out again. They're not necessarily staying in their kitchen, but they still want to eat good food at home because they got used to eating good food. <laughs> so we're seeing the rise of this approachable snacking. And TikTok is helping with that as well. People are like, oh, one, two, three, I've got something amazing. Like, you just have do, 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 do. Our biggest thing lately has been how do we make content that makes it super approachable? By, like, stacking up, you know, Lauren will create a little Instagram reel. It's just, like, rolling goat cheese in a ball and then rolling it in chocolate and putting a, you know, putting a, a toothpick in it or, um, you know, marinated goat cheese balls. Easiest thing to make. Or um, it's just, like, little little stack up things, um, shortbread, strawberry spreads, strawberry on top, or like a little cracker, a little this, a little, you know, so it just makes it so easy, and then on more of the, like, marketing paid media side, um, we just look at who's, who's eating special food, uh, and try to target in those places from a paid media standpoint, and then put our content in front of them, you know, on Pinterest, like, we'll put together our, uh, website pages that are, that are, like, you know, 12 ways to use goat cheese or like your 14. We try to like just expand that education in that space. Um, so yeah, our 14 ways to use goat cheese blog did really well, like hundreds of thousands of views. Um, and then we just partnered with Food52 and they're putting together a bunch of content on goat cheese and Q4 that we're like, so they're, again, like, the education thing. Every time we look at coaches, we're like, it kind of has this approachability challenge, you know? People just need to eat there for the first time and try it for the first time. Making cheese and dairy more approachable isn't just about educating consumers how to use the products. It's also about how the ingredients are sourced and the format in which they're presented. According to Holly Christensen, the CEO of Responsible Foods, who, along with her husband, is taking the creamy, yogurt-like Icelandic cheese skier in a totally new direction that is both easier to digest, easier to consume, and easier on the planet to produce. Under the company brand Naira, the duo are launching a crunchy, poppable skier snack made with milk containing only A2 beta casein from Icelandic cows, that is processed using a unique dual microwave and vacuum technology. The first of its kind skier snack in the world. So to kind of give you an idea about the processing, so you couldn't do this in any other way except for the process that we use. We use a unique, minimal uh, drying process. We're not baked, fried, air dried, or freeze dried. And what it allows us to do is dry very quickly. So from a sustainability standpoint, we are using much less energy than you normally would with conventional drying methods. Freeze drying, air drying, which takes can take hours to days, and we don't, uh, like I said, bake or fry. So what we have is a very unique, hot, crunchy texture. So it's not like a puff. It's not extruded and, um, you know, then fried. So it's a revolutionary uh, drying technology. And what we're able to do is we combine vacuum and microwave. Okay. 
Yes. Um, and it's a partner that we have um, in, in Canada that we've worked with. So we've actually brought that processing technology to Iceland, and it's uh, basically we have the license to use it. And also on um, uh, exclusive on our uh, skier products, of course our cheese products, we also will be uh, introducing very novel uh, cheese snacks, excuse me, uh, dairy, goodness, fish snacks, that incorporates uh, aspects of dairy, but not not like a dried cheese. Uh, we really believe in using whole, uh, pure, clean uh, materials. So that's what we're doing. Uh, and then also we will be working on a vegan snack. So really our line of products is about super proteins that we can dry quickly and gently as well. You don't want to overcook these. Um, they, you, what's beautiful also about products is the freshness of the uh, ingredients that we are drying and the formulations we are drying. It really does come through. So it's really fun and people love the texture. People come by the show and they say, wow, I, I haven't tried anything like this. This is fantastic. Because people are getting kind of bored of the typical. Um, then we have the highest protein cheese snack in the world. This is a really fun product. It is super crunchy, 22 grams of protein per serving, and we've married it with a herb and garlic Nordic seasoning. So all of the seasonings we use are also uh, Nordic. Um, so what's also unique about this is we've basically upcycled a cheese that is normally uh, directed into spreads and things like that. And so we, we have a great collaboration with the dairy company we work with in Iceland. And they said, you know, can you do anything with this? And we said, let's just give it a try. So we put it in our dryer and an amazing popped uh, crunchy snack came out of it. And what we also do is we age it. So we get this really fun, almost better for you potato chip crunch. So it's a lot of fun. Um, and then we have a uh, beautiful herb and garlic premium estate cheese snack. And what's amazing about this is it's the oldest, it's actually one of the oldest cheeses in Iceland. So it's, it's like an Emmental. It's tangy, it's creamy. And we're actually selling this on Iceland air. They loved it that much. Yes. Um, and then we have uh Something very new. It's our low-fat Gouda, and we've uh, paired it with a jalapeno seasoning, Nordic jalapeno seasoning. It's just a little bit of spice, not too much. People love it because it's it's like a perfect blend of crunch and popped all at the same time. In addition to being novel and highly portable, Christensen explains that the snacks are also more approachable because they use A2 dairy, which is easier for many people to digest. Cows in Iceland. They've been uh, preserved for over 1,100 years. They're actually a breed that the Vikings brought up. Uh, the cows, uh, once they leave, they can never come back. We also don't allow cows in. So it's very protective, also from a de disease perspective, etc. Uh, because it's been preserved, uh, they are then producing milk that's higher in A2 proteins, which you've probably heard of. Uh, it's been studied that they are better for your digestion, so you can digest it a lot better. Uh, most of our products are lactose-free. There's a small amount in our uh, power protein crunch. 
Finally, Responsible Foods is responding to consumer demand for more sustainable products by producing its Naira snacks with 100% green renewable thermal energy and with an energy-efficient drying process that uses only a fraction of the energy of competing processes. The company also upcycles would-be wasted dairy byproducts to create snacks with an ambient shelf life of a year, which cuts out the need for high-energy refrigeration. Another common misperception holding back specialty cheese that the fourth-generation cheesemakers behind their recently launched Wisconsin-based brand, The Big Moo, wants to overcome is this idea that specialty cheese is only for adults or people living certain coastal lifestyles. Molly Rudder, director of sales at The Big Moo, explained that when the company co-founders came up with the idea for The Big Moo, which is an American version of the baked cheese halloumi, they wanted to offer a family-friendly product at an accessible price point that started in the often overlooked Midwest. With this in mind, in February, they launched a line of baked cheeses with bold but familiar flavors and eye-catching packaging that showed how the cheese could easily be prepared on the grill, the stove, or even the microwave for a meal that would appeal to adults and children alike. So what we wanted to do was elevate this, make it sort of the American version of halloumi um, made with cow's milk, except for we have fun flavors. We have five flavors. Um, we're missing pizza, but we have bacon, garlic, jalapeno, and original. Um, my favorite is the garlic because you can cut it up in little wedges, dip it in marinara. The original you can do for breakfast, dip it in some jams. It's for the masses. I'm meaning that everyone, there's a something for everyone in our in our flavor profile. So it's fun. I did a we did a um, like a little grocery store show, you know, and the amount of moms that came by and the kids were like, I want more, I want more, and like it was like a mom buy beyond belief. I was like, oh, that's the market. They want something quick. They want something that the kids can. Oh, look. Look how user-friendly. I can do skillet, I can grill it, or I can bake it. So with the icons, people know what to do with it, which also differentiates us from other brands out there because oftentimes you'd look at this and go, oh, it's cooked. No, to get its true essence, it has to be cooked and crisped up so that the inside melts nicely. But it does still hold its shape, so it can go on a grill. Like you could put it in a kebab, and it would hold its shape and get nice and soft, but not runny. Made from dairy from pastured cows in Wisconsin that are humanely raised and BST hormone-free, with only milk, cheese enzymes, salt, herbs, and other natural ingredients, the company says that its baked cheese is one parents can feel good about feeding their children. While only on the market a few months, Big Moose sales have been growing exponentially, thanks in part to its versatility, but also its ability to fit in with on-trend diets, including keto and flexitarian lifestyles. And the brand continues to build on this momentum with innovations moving beyond just the block format and new flavors, including seasonal options. As illustrated the Summer Fancy Food Show by all of these brands, the future of specialty cheese lies in making their products approachable without compromising quality or experience. So through engaging packaging and marketing campaigns, familiar yet exciting flavor profiles and recipes, and ultimately helping consumers celebrate even during trying times. With that, we've reached the end of another episode of Food Navigator USA's Soup to Nuts podcast. I hope that you'll join me again soon, and to help you remember, I encourage you to subscribe to us. Until next time, this is Elizabeth Crawford wishing you a productive, profitable, and safe week.